Will. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing okay. Thanks for, yeah, taking the time to do this. really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. From the Center for Research on Vermont, my name is Emma Bitpart-Butler, and this is Mud Season. Today's story is a part of our series, Coping with COVID, Study Abroad Edition. We'll study abroad in Spain, in a city called Lyon. Check out other installments in the series by subscribing to Mud Season, wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Will Mahundra. I'm a uh, junior poli-sci student, uh, a poli-sci and Spanish double major now. I'm an honors college student at UVM, and yeah, that's about it. I chose Leon. I had never heard of the city before. Um, it's like a smaller town in northern Spain, so very um, immersed. Not many people there spoke English, so it was good to practice my Spanish as well. There had been definitely talk about you know, coronavirus for a while, considering when Italy started to gain a number of cases. Is it going to come to Spain next? Because they're often uh, comparable countries, both in the south of Europe. People in Spain were were very relaxed about it. Oh, you know, it's just a a little flu and it only affects the old people. Like, it's not that big a deal. I had teachers at my uh, school who were like, oh, don't worry about it. They they kept encouraging us to to go about our plans as normal. And is there a moment in your mind that kind of marks this transition into when it becomes a more serious issue for Spain? So I hadn't really seen much of COVID at, at that time. People were just more talking about it, worried about it. There hadn't been any specific cases in Leon. But then I believe it was March 6th, I was going to Amsterdam. And, you know, that's when coronavirus kind of really started generating cases in Spain and people were starting to get worried. And once I got to the airport in Madrid, Madrid was kind of where the epicenter of cases in Spain were like concentrated because they have the, a huge international airport there. And I got into the airport, you know, at 3 a.m. was just hanging around waiting for my flight. And I started seeing everybody wearing all these masks. Now, at that point, I was kind of like, you know, not not really too concerned about coronavirus. But when I came back... Um, on the 9th of March, uh, people really were starting to get, get scared because the, the case count in Madrid, I think by that point had surpassed like a thousand or so. They were talking about, you know, shutting down the city of Madrid. So I was kind of, kind of scared at that point. And then on March 11th, we reduce the threat to our citizens. My, my dad calls and me. He's we like, Hey, like Trump just said that they're going to shut down virus. Europe. After consulting with our top government health professionals, I have decided to take several strong but necessary actions to protect the health and well-being of all Americans. We will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. My parents had called me at 2 a.m. or 2 a.m. European Central Time, uh, which would have been, you know, shortly after the announcement here in the United States. And at that point, there had been confusion about the exact specific details. You know, in the in the press briefing, I think the president announced that he was going to ban all travel from Europe, but forgot to leave out the important detail that American citizens could get back. And that caused a very large freak out. So all my American friends had decided to book tickets then and just like get out of, of Leon and head home because their university had actually offered to, to pay them each. Uh, $650 back or, and then one of my friends actually, her university decided to cover the full cost of her, um, flights going home. So, you know, they, they, they were able to do that turnaround real quick, but I had not heard anything from UVM at that point. So I was just kind of waiting during this whole time. Um, I was staying with a host mother in Spain. 
But um, she had actually gone to London that week. So I had nobody there in the house with me. And I was like, all my friends were gone. My host mother was gone. I was like sitting there freaking out. Will shared the rest of his story with me. Spoiler alert, he got home safely. Here's the abridged version. He tried to go to Barcelona first. Barcelona wasn't as intense with uh, the, the number of cases. An overnight train. Actually a pretty beautiful train ride. Where his girlfriend happened to be located. There's a security guard at the desk in my girlfriend's place. So we had to like sneak in there. I ended up using like the back staircase and getting in. And I just had to stay locked in a room for like two days. Lots of airplane ticket difficulties later, and they're homeward bound. So now that you're back, Will, and also congratulations, it seems like quite an impressive feat. You've had some time to reflect. What are some of the principal like differences you've identified between the U.S. and Spain's response? I think the the big underlying similarities are the the denial, the original denial that you know this was something as big as it was going to be. You know, in the United States, even when our national leaders were um, saying that we need to stay at home, you know. People like Trump and uh, a lot of um, different governors were saying, oh, this is like a sham. Don't worry about it. Like our economy is more important. But in Spain, people were really responsive to the stay-at-home orders and not many people were, were disobeying. You know, it just seemed like a, a lot larger uh, national unity. And um, I know in Leon, I've seen videos of everybody shouting from the, their apartments and like, you know, singing in the evening times and a lot more sense of togetherness than in the United States. Through all of this, have you been in touch with your host mom? How is she doing now? She's good. She's older. She's like uh, in her mid-60s. So she's, uh, you know, a little bit more worried about the virus. She's got family in Leon, So she's hanging out at their apartment um, for the duration of the stay-at-home order. So she's been able to have people, you know, go grocery shopping for her and whatnot. Hola, William. Pues seguimos en casa hasta el 26 de abril. We now have to stay in, in our house until the 26th of April. I believe that things are starting to get a little better and that there are not as many new cases. The television said that in the United States, like things are starting to get worse. Today, I remember that you had uh, plans to go uh, on basically the spring vacation and like the, the plans that you were going to do. Like I'm remembering like about all your plans that you had. It's a severe pain. I wish that one day you can come back to Spain and do those vacations and everything will be better and we can see each other again. And then she said like, you know, uh, stay safe and un beso, which is just kind of like hugs and kisses. Has this experience motivated you to yoke all of those other interests together into kind of like public health education or mm, that doesn't need to be the case at all? It doesn't need to be that neat of a story. But um, yeah, definitely. My my parents both have worked in public health throughout their careers. And that kind of inspired me to, you know, do some sort of career and, you know, helping others. Um, it's kind of inspired me to go into education. And that's kind of like the route that I want to take. Going back to your question, eventually I'm hoping I can uh, go to a public policy school for my master's degree after I teach for a while, who knows, and, you know, maybe do some influence in public education. You know, in the United States, we don't really value public services in general. Definitely a, a potential in the future to try to, you know, work for a public policy group or some organization to try to help improve specifically education policy. But,